Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. We have a lot to talk about on this cold, snowy, miserable um, Monday afternoon in Mm -hmm. Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, but let's first start with the good news. Indiana um, beat Maryland 27-11 to 11. Uh, last Saturday. It was a game they didn't play particularly well in on offense, but they pulled out the win. Uh, they moved to 5-1 and one and end up ranked um, 10th in the AP poll, 11th in the coaches poll, and we'll see on Tuesday night where they fall in. Um, in the college football playoff top 25. Uh, But before we expand on that, TJ, let's get a word from our friends over at, uh, at bet online. Uh, Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you could still uh, be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on everything imaginable this season. Uh, from spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Really tough Saturday. Uh, Indiana didn't look sharp on offense. Michael Penix was two for 15, uh, I think for 37 yards in that first half. The one pass he completed, the yards he got on it was a just a throw up on a on an offsides call where Miles My, Marshall made a great play. And then the other one came on a tip pass that Pender, uh, Peyton Hendershot caught. He did not look particularly sharp. I don't know if he was hurt before he went out of bounds and injured his knee or if he was just seeing ghosts because he's been under a ton of pressure uh, the last couple of weeks, all season actually. Uh, and his foot, he was just throwing off that back foot and his passes weren't accurate. And none of them really outside of those two were really even close where his uh, receivers could make a play. Uh, before we get into the injury news, TJ, what are your takeaways from the Indiana's win over Maryland? Well, uh, I, I want to start by going to the running game. Uh, you know, we talked about that was going to be one of the keys to the game on Saturday was Maryland's run defense, which had not been good going into the game against Indiana's rushing offense, which had not been good going into the game. Uh, and the Hoosiers offense struggled initially uh, and then threw in a wrinkle in the, one of their early drives. I think it was the second drive. They threw in a wrinkle uh, and lined up David Ellis at the Wildcat and then Stevie Scott at Wildcat. So they gave direct snaps to those two guys uh, and it paid off with Indiana finding, finding somewhat of a rushing game. They end up on the day 48 carries, 234 yards and Stevie Scott's three rushing touchdowns uh, that certainly carried the offense for the Hoosiers. Uh, 
along those lines of the running game, Tim Baldwin looked great. 16 carries, 106 yards, showed a real burst, um, showed some good vision as well. I thought he did a good job on a couple of cutbacks where he was able to make one cut, get quickly upfield. Um, so really good day for the, the true freshman, Tim Baldwin. Um, like you said, the passing game was not good at all. Michael Pinnock, six for 19, only 84 yards. Uh, Jack Tuttle comes in and goes five for five for 31 yards. I thought that the, by that time, Indiana was right on the verge when Penix gets hurt of, you know, really putting the game out of reach for Maryland, given what their offense had been able to accomplish against the Hoosiers defense. Uh, so they, Indiana kept it really close to the vest the rest of the way with Tuttle, uh, but still he looked good. We'll get into him here in a little bit. Um, the story of the day was the running game and then I used defense, which uh, really gave up a little bit to Maryland. Um, in that first half, they were giving up some drives before buckling down uh, and keeping the Terrapins out of the end zone. Got a little fortunate with some of Maryland's mistakes, but uh, you'll take it. Uh, and then the second half just totally strangled the Terrapins. Uh, 25 carries, 59 yards rushing for Maryland, who was without Jake Funk, their starting tailback. We have to be fair and mention that. Uh, Talia Tagavailoa, 17 for 36, through three interceptions, never looked comfortable. Uh, I thought it was another great day for Indiana's uh, defensive coordinator, Kane Womack, coming up with creative ways to get pressure and really not let Tagavailoa get into any kind of a rhythm. And then when plays were there to be made, IU secondary did what they've done all season. They made those plays. Uh, it was three interceptions, one of them by Micah McFadden. Um, the only kind of bad thing you would want the defense to stop doing, stop fumbling interception returns. Uh, crazy that back-to-back -back games, they've had an interception return that they've given right back to the opposition with a fumble. Uh, don't see that very often, but not much to complain about on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it was kind of a weird game in the standpoint that you look up and it's, you know, 27 to three and you don't feel like IU played remotely well on the offensive side of the ball. It's just weird to have that feeling, but at the same time, never feel like the game was in doubt outcome wise. Once Indiana was able to uh, take the lead, it never felt like Maryland was going to get themselves back into it because IU's defense was not going to allow them to. Yeah, and it was – there was no flow in the first half, I, I didn't think, to the game. It was just a weird – Yes. A weird game, especially with – you know, add-on, there's no crowd. It's a, um, a noon game with all the – surrounding stuff with the Ohio State's game being canceled and Indiana could sneak into the Big Ten title game. It was just, I don't know, there was a lot going on and there was no order order or organization into it. Uh, I thought Indiana's defense played uh, ex excellently <coughs> as well. Uh, they pressured uh, Talia, who I, I wasn't really all that um, all that impressed with. Yeah, they had two weeks yeah. off and you know, they probably hurt his development and, and he could run and, and um, he's a good athlete and he has a pretty strong arm, but he missed a wide open touchdown pass. Um, 
in the first on their their first drive, uh, which led to a missed field goal on the interception by Tywin Mullen. If he throws that ball a yard or two um, to the in, I think to the inside, it's a t- it's a walking touchdown for Dante Dimas. Yep. And it, he just – he looked off. And, and credit Indiana's defense for, you know, confusing him. And then they just, as you said, they strangled them in the second half. And you, you saw it there. Getting to Michael Penix, he didn't look right from the get-go. And then on that, you know, he, he started to look okay in the second half. And then, you know, everybody's been begging him to run and run. There's probably a reason why he's not running. and it happened. Uh, you yeah. know, he, he, it was a 21 yard run. He's going out of bounds. You could debate whether or not he was hit, uh, hit caused the injury or things like that. It is just a misstep. And then he tore his ACL on the, the same ACL he tore back in 2018. And I don't think it's fair to criticize the kid for being fragile. It's football. People are going to get hurt. Um, yeah. And all these people sitting on the catch out saying, he always made a glass. He is taking a beating this year. And has come up, you know, has gotten up, you know, nine times out of ten. It's just this one time, um, and it, it's just one of these unfortunate things. Just a misstep. I initially thought it was an Achilles injury, just the way yeah. he just crumpled down to the ground. But you know, Jack Tuttle came in. He's a former four-star recruit. He's got, he's got a really, really good arm. But what happened to him? It was unfortunate. He came in. He got sick, uh, and he just never looked the same until spring ball. He wasn't 100%, you know, maybe not until mid-year or, or later last year uh, with all the strength. So he missed spring ball. He only played in five games last year, and he, you know, threw for 34 yards on, on 11 passes. So he didn't get many game reps. This year, Indiana loses those three non-conference games. You lose the spring practice again. So he's out again uh, for spring practices. You lose the non-conference games, which in hindsight, Indiana's probably blowing those three teams out. Tuttle's getting game reps. And now he's played, you know, a, a little under a half of football in 2020 where he did look good. He completed five passes uh, for 31 yards. He created a pass interference call uh, with a good throw down near the red zone by the goal line as well. He looked poised coming in, running the offense. I don't think talent-wise there's there's a whole lot of difference between Michael Penix and Jack Tuttle. Now where it's going to come in into play is experience. Can he read defenses? Can he scan the field as well as Penix did? Can he, you know, or is he uh, a one-read quarterback where you're going to simplify things and, you know, okay, this is the guy I'm throwing to, which is dangerous. You don't need – it's what Maryland it happened to Maryland on Saturday is Talia uh, became a one-read quarterback, and, and Tywin Mullen said it after the game as well. It's, we, we knew he was where he was throwing, and that's how you get three interceptions uh, and mm-hmm. shut down an offense. So it's not an easy first test going up to Wisconsin, especially – in early December when it's going to be cold, it's probably going to be nasty weather. And we don't really know that much about Wisconsin. They played three games. They're two and one. They, they played um, 
you know, they've only played two games since the, the beginning of or since the, the beginning of the season uh, on October 23rd for them. So who knows? And they're eliminated from uh, they're eliminated from the the Big Ten title title game already. So what's that buy in going to look like? So it, it's a big test for Jack Tuttle. I think that uh, talent wise, they're going to be OK. Uh, it's not like you went from Nate Sudfeld to Chris Covington to Xander Diamant. It's this guy's a legit guy. He was a former four-star recruit. He has a cannon of an arm as well. Um, he knows the position. He's an elite 11 quarterback coming out of high school. Uh, so it's just, is he ready to to get game reps? Uh, and you know for sure they're they're going to get him as much practice as possible this week. Uh, getting in with his guys. So what is your take on, on Jack Tuttle? Yeah, I, for, for Tuttle, you know, I, I've read quite a bit about this over the past couple of days. You know, we had a fairly decent indication based on Michael Penix's reaction, um, you know, that it was a, an injury that he felt was not a good one. Um, you didn't know the exact severity, but it seemed incredibly likely Jack Tuttle was going to be your quarterback for the remainder of the regular season, at least. And, and that, that is, you know, going to be the case. Um, like you said, the talent's there. It's not, it's not a question where you are uh, dropping off the map. And it, I, I think it's important for people to, um, you know, oh, how is the offensive scheme going to change? It's not. You don't change a scheme. Um, at this point, it, it's not like you are the Denver Broncos going out there without a quarterback. It, it, that's not what's happening here. What might happen, and this is going to be situational. I don't think the coaches know this themselves. Uh, your, your play calling and how you approach a specific play, what you're going to call in a specific situation might be different. If it is third and six, um, you know, on your, I don't know, on your own eight yard line, you know, maybe you're approaching things a little differently with Jack Tuttle right now than you would if, if your quarterback was still Michael Penix. Maybe you're being a little bit more cautious. Um, but that being said, I, I think that they are largely going to approach the game Saturday with the same game plan they were going to have, minus a few little tweaks to specific situations. Um, what I do think we will probably end up seeing is an increase in targets for Peyton Hendershot. Uh, I, I just think that a quarterback without a ton of game reps is likely to, you know, lean on that type of security blanket a little bit more. Um, maybe we see the return of Wap Fillier as a kind of those bubble tunnel screens. Maybe we see some more of those. Uh, I do think we will continue to see some type of wildcat action, uh, whether it's David Ellis, Stevie Scott, maybe Tim Baldwin gets in the mix there. Um, uh, you know, Samson James, if he's able to come back um, and what role he's going to have, I think you'll still see some of that as well. Uh, biggest thing for Jack Tuttle is for him to remember he does not have to go to Madison and win the game by himself. He does not have to go in there and be Michael Penix against Ohio State. Uh, that is not 
what Jack Tuttle needs to do. Jack Tuttle needs to go in there and execute the offense uh, to the best of his ability, take care of the ball. And I don't want to come off saying, oh, well, he's just going to be a game manager and that's going to be good enough. No, he's going to have to play really well for Indiana to have a shot. But he's got to remember, I've got a really good defense. I've got really good skilled playmakers. My job here is to facilitate things and, you know, trust that things are going to or turn out in our favor. Um, so I think that it's going to be very difficult for Jack Tuttle against the Wisconsin defense that is really good. Um, and we'll dive into Wisconsin here in just a second. Um, I, I don't know. I have a, uh, maybe a strange level of confidence, and perhaps this is coming from just what we've seen out of the program as a whole here recently. Uh, strange level of confidence that Jack Tuttle's up to this job. And uh, I'm, I'm disappointed uh, and frustrated that his opportunity comes in these, you know, awful circumstances, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I think another thing that, that you need to look for, are they going to flip the offensive line? Uh, since Jack Tuttle's a right-handed True. quarterback, are they going to flip? And they, they said that they've practiced it um, and they, they've trained guys to play both sides of the line. Um, that's one thing to, to watch. And Caleb Jones should be back, we, we think. You, you think. He was on the sideline last week. He looks yeah. as massive as ever. Um, uh, we'll see, but it, you know he's had three weeks off. Uh, yep. Don't, don't we know. can only speculate what the the problem is, but the three weeks uh, is you know from playing is you you make your own assumptions. How much has he been able to practice? How much conditioning he has? And you saw that uh, with Maryland. Uh, I their conditioning just went to hell in a handbasket in the second half. And it's not their fault. You can only do so much in a hotel hallway, uh, yep. which Maryland was doing. And they just, to me, the, the, there was no patch rush in the second half from Maryland, and they just ran out of gas. Um, for Wisconsin, same thing. How much are they in game shape uh, to get there? But, again, it's, you know, can this offensive line protect Jack Tuttle now, um, and we'll see if they, they move things around. Uh, before we get into Wisconsin, TJ, another word from our friends over at Bet Online. You might not be able to go to a football game this year, but their teams are still strutting their stuff on the field for now. Um, head on over to Bet Online uh, to get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals, the team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages, uh, advantage of all the sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, TJ, it is a 2020, it's a funky year anyway. Indiana might be in the driver's seat to represent the East in the Big Ten title game. Um, yeah. For those of you who haven't been following along, the threshold to play in the championship game. Now, you can play during Champions Week. All, those all the Big Ten teams are slated to play December 19th, which would be the day of the Big Ten title game. However, in order to play in the Big Ten title game, 
you have the threshold is to play six games. If Ohio State, if Ohio State's game against Michigan State on Saturday gets canceled and it is trending that way, they fall below the six game threshold. They've lost two games already. This would be their third, leaving them at five games. Uh, if the Maryland Michigan game gets canceled, Maryland, who Indiana is a game, has a is a game up in the loss column. Plus, they have the tiebreaker over them, um, and head to head, Maryland falls below the threshold uh, for that game, and Indiana has uh, has a they basically clinch. Um, unless a lot of other games get canceled. And I think it, it had to be coming into last week. It was 12 games had to be canceled over the last three weeks. Um, and, and that was a very, very high number. So we'll see. But Indiana could be in the driver's seat by game time on Saturday to represent the East in the Big Ten title game. And it seems like Northwestern is going to be the representative from the West, Wisconsin has been disqualified, um, and they have they have a significant lead on the others in the West as well. So it could be a Big Ten title game between Indiana, Northwestern, Peyton Ramsey on the field uh, for for the Wildcats, probably. So, what does this all mean, TJ? How real is this scenario where Indiana take you know goes and represents the the East? Uh, I think it is better than a 50% chance at this point in time. Um, it, it does appear that Michigan State and Ohio State's game uh, is probably not going to happen. Um, to be determined on that, but I, I think if you are to take bets on will Ohio State play both of their next two games, I think you'd be looking at, you know, plus, I'll say like plus 200, which means it is twice as likely that uh, one of those uh, two games gets canceled. I'd say it's off the board. I mean, it's so clear it might be, you might take it off the board because Michigan just paused the activities too. Yeah. So Ohio State Michigan might not be. happen either. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's very straightforward if, if, Ohio State and their bigger concern is not the Big Ten championship. It's a college football playoff spot. I just – I don't see any way that the selection committee chooses – I shouldn't say any way. I think it's very unlikely the selection committee chooses an Ohio State Buckeyes team. Let's say they play one of these games and, you know, they finish the season uh, at – would that be 5-0? and they finish the season five and zero, and then maybe play a crossover game, not in the Big Ten title on December nineteenth, and, and are six and zero, but not the Big Ten champ. And maybe the best team that they've played is Indiana, and they beat them by seven. Uh, I think there's going to be teams out there that have better resumes, and for Ohio State, that's all they care about. Um, it's it's it's. So you have to go into it now thinking, okay, if that happens, how as an Indiana fan do you feel about it? 
my answer is I, I feel great. I feel wonderful that Indiana is in the Big Ten Championship by the strangest of circumstances. Some will call it fraudulent, and I won't care. Um, I, I, will, I will say, well, yeah, Indiana got a little lucky. No doubt about that. Not going to apologize for being in the position. Indiana would have had to win several games against teams that they have traditionally done nothing but lose against to get to that point. And they should be incredibly proud if they earn themselves a spot in that game and happen to be Big Ten champions. Uh, I see no other outcome other than celebrate like crazy that it happens. Um, I'm not going to feel the least bit apologetic if that ends up being the outcome. No, and IU shouldn't apologize. Uh, they've taken care of business, and that includes off the field with COVID, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, you look at, uh, well, teams might not have – well, Ohio State has all the marbles to play for, and they still had an outbreak. So something faltered – something went haywire with them. Either somebody lost focus or, you know, whatever. You can't control the virus, but – you can make smart decisions based on, on what's going on. And sure, there are a lot of teams you take a look down at LSU um, and things like that where players you start making choices. Hey, it's, you know, potentially my last year of college. Do I go to the Halloween party? Do I not go to the Halloween party? Um, you know, that you're coming off of a, a crummy season. But Indiana, they, they've been focused. And to their credit, and Tom Allen said it today, they're not focused on the Big Ten title game because they can't control it. They can't control whether or not Ohio State's going to play five games or six games or seven games uh, or, you know, however many games. What they can control is, you know, how they've handled the situation. They've played their six games. They haven't had one canceled yet. Um, and they're, you, you got two games left to take care of business. If you, if you went out and you go seven and one, um, you know, then it's a seven point loss to Ohio state. And it's too bad. So sad for the Buckeyes. If they can't represent the big 10 East in, uh, in, yeah, because they, they, they couldn't take care of business on the medical side. Now on the flip side, you look at it as Ohio state. Okay. Would you rather them, would you rather play Michigan State, Michigan, and Northwestern and claim the Big Ten title or say, or play, I guess, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin or whoever that second team in the West is uh, and get those data points? It, it's They're still going to be eligible for the college football playoff, and I, that's what their goal should be. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a funky year. They should try and get as many games in as possible if I were them. But again, it's you got to be safe, and it's the Big Ten's going to dictate it. And you know, Ohio State to me, they said they canceled the game against Illinois. It was you know that Saturday morning. They said they made a proactive choice. It's I don't know. It to me, it feels like Ohio State thinks they're the smartest people in the room. Yeah, that's not how the virus works. It's once somebody gets it it's likely going to spread throughout your team, especially when you have enough to, to cancel a game and it's multiple things and you're practicing and your head coach has it one day, but it didn't have it the day before and things like that. But 
again, it's something that Indiana can't control. Um, and Tom Allen knows that, and he's going to have his team focused and ready to go. Now let's get on to Wisconsin. Um, TJ, what are your what are your two keys that Indiana has to to do to win this game at Wisconsin? Yeah, we we pretty much ran out of time to talk about the Badgers, but I think that's largely okay because we don't know much about them. They have played three games. We don't know what they where their heads are at uh, in terms of what they are playing for. They don't have college football playoff aspirations. They can't go to the Big Ten title game. What are they playing for at this point? Um, don't know. Uh, but they pummeled Illinois, had two games canceled, pummeled Michigan, and then went to Northwestern and lost 17-7 to in a truly ugly game. Uh, they, they turned it over a few times and really didn't do much of anything offensively. So what do we know? about the Badgers. We know that they don't run it quite as well as they typically have. Uh, they've got Nakia Watson, Jalen Berger. Um, Berger is a freshman running back averaging six yards a carry. They're going to give it to Garrett Groshek some as a fullback type. Um, and then they've got Graham Mertz at quarterback who I think is probably the best quarterback that they've had there in a while. Uh, in his three games so far, completing 65.5% of his passes, 7.2 yards per attempt. He's got the eight touchdowns. Now, he, he looked great until the Northwestern game. And what does beating up on Illinois and Michigan tell us? Uh, this year, it doesn't tell us anything. So the only you know, good defense that he's played, he really struggled mightily against, as did their entire squad. Uh, Receiving-wise, Jake Ferguson, really good tight end, uh, and not too many difference makers at receiver outside of that. I mean, nobody out with more than four catches on the rest of their squad. Ferguson has 18 catches. Nobody else – I'm sorry, nobody else with more than 81 yards is what I should have said. Uh, they've got a couple guys with seven and eight catches, but um, nobody with more than – 81 yards on the rest of that team outside of Jake Ferguson. So for me, a key for Indiana obviously is going to be the play of Jack Tuttle. How does he settle in and how does Indiana's offense support him? That's the line. That's the running game, the skill guys. You have to support Jack Tuttle and help him be a complimentary piece uh, on Saturday. Uh, the biggest key for me for Indiana is going to be getting pressure on Graham Mertz and forcing him into mistakes, which I feel he, he can be forced into, uh, you know, you've got to find a way to get pressure on him so that he cannot pick you apart. Um, and then force Wisconsin to become one-dimensional by not letting their running game get going. Uh, we know that it's not a vintage Wisconsin running game, but that's still going to be their primary focus is running the ball in Indiana's defense uh, and, you know, I, I'm still got some scars from, you know, the tread marks that Wisconsin's, you know, tank has left on the Hoosiers in the past. Uh, there have been some really ugly beatdowns. We know this IU squad is different, and I, I really do think Wisconsin's gettable. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my prediction in there. I think Indiana's going to, go to, going to go to Madison and win. I don't think it's going to be particularly pretty. Uh, and I won't care at all. I think Indiana is going to win this game. I'm going to go with 20 to 14 in favor of the Hoosiers. 
So take the under. <laughs> um, yep, take the under, absolutely. Which, by the way, I had the under at 43 and a half <sighs> in Michigan State Northwestern. Uh, boy, I'm, I'm still not over that one. Uh, That's bad. That was rough. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Michigan State recovered a fumble in the end zone as time expired. Yeah. And pushing they it won over. 29-20 to push the over. Um, yeah. Boo-hoo going for back to, Yeah. Boo-hoo for TJ. Uh, yeah. But keep reading his betting analysis on our uh, game day primers. For me, the key to the game, take the pressure off of Jack Tuttle. Uh, it's you can't fall behind like you did at Ohio State, especially against Wisconsin, because they're going to run it down your throats, and that defense is much better than Ohio State's. Yep. You got to get the run game going. I, you're not going to run for 234 yards like you did last week against Maryland, but set Tuttle up with with some short um, and manageable second and third downs. If you could get and Indiana did a really good job of of running the ball outside um, last week. It's something that they could do. They have the personnel to do it, and they need to do it more often. Uh, those three, four yards get on first down, setting up second and six, third and, you know, third and fourth, and staying on schedule uh, will be huge. Uh, I don't think you want Jack as, as talented at arm talent he has. You don't want him dropping back and just slinging it uh, like, like Michael Penix did in the second half of, of the Ohio State game. So take the pressure off of him by running the ball. You can't also, with the run game, your, your defensive lineman can't pin their ears back and uh, go, go attack the quarterback. Um, I think you set him up with, with some easy throws to start off with, especially, like you said, those screens to, to Watt Fillier, um, maybe some short throws to Ty Freifogel and Peyton Hendershot. I, and then the defense. The defense has to take off, you know, get take that ball away. Don't fumble it back. Uh, maybe go out of bounds or, or go down uh, when you start feeling pressure. Uh, but that defense, they did okay at with um, with Ohio State is mainly some of the, the mistakes there were on the offense. But the defense kept them in that as, as long as possible. Uh, before the, the dam broke. And, and against a team like Ohio State, the dam's eventually going to break, uh, especially when your offense turns the ball over in the red zone uh, a yeah. couple of times and, and fails to score and has three and outs. Uh, so take the pressure off of Jack Tuttle. Um, that, that's my key. My matchup to watch, TJ, is, is in the trenches. It's how, how is Indiana's offensive line going to play against Wisconsin's defensive line and vice versa? Um, we've seen Wisconsin's offense uh, in the past just roll over Indiana, but now can they can they deal with that scheme? Um, can they deal with the the blitz and corners? Can they deal with you know Aaron Casey and DK Bonham's speed at that rush linebacker, the bull position, uh, mm -hmm. as Tom Allen calls it? So we've seen that mismatch in the past. I think it, it's a little bit more even this year. And also we don't know, we don't know what Wisconsin has. It's been, it, they played three games. It's a minuscule sample size. Uh, so it'll be tough to, tough to, to put a finger on what they do actually well and, and what they haven't. Cause they, they played two games since the beginning of October uh, in a month. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see that. As far as predictions, um, I, it is a gettable game. I think this one is a gettable game. Uh, Indiana, even without Michael Penix, I think that, that that I have that much faith in Jack Tuttle's abilities. We'll see if they come to fruition um, with experience or if he has butterflies. I think it helps him a lot that there's no fans in the stands. This is um, having an empty Camp Randall Stadium is going to help him. Um, and I think that passing game is a little ticked off after their performance last week, after they had so many accolades uh, against Ohio State, Maryland, and credit the Terrapins, they played really, really good press coverage and man coverage and, and were all over the re receivers. But you know that that Sheridan and Grant Hurd are going to challenge those guys to get open this week. Um, so I, I'd expect the, the passing game to pick it up as well. So I'm going to take – I'm going to take a leap of faith and say Indiana has more to play for. Um, I'm going to say Indiana is going to, uh, going to pull this one out 28-24. Um, it'll be a close one. I think the, the scoring will be a little bit higher uh, than, uh, than, than you predict, TJ. And I think opening is a 14-point underdog, and it got bet down to 10. It just adds a little bit more fuel. Uh, yeah. to the fire and especially with national guys riding off Indiana after Michael Penix's injury you're back in that underdog mode um where Indiana thrives um yep. so it's perfect Tom Tom Allen's we don't blink so that does it for today's show TJ um uh, thanks for joining me I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and we'll talk later later next week and we'll be back on our podcast on Monday to wrap up the Wisconsin game, preview the Bucky game, and potentially a spot in the Big Ten title game. Yep. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. And, guys, it's okay to enjoy this run. It really is. It's okay to enjoy sports when they're fun. This is a rare time when Indiana football has been a ton of fun, and it is okay to enjoy this. Yes, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it a lot. Um, you never know when it's going to happen again. Uh, it, it's no need to apologize if you're an Indiana football fan uh, for th for this season. Um, it, it's it's a testament to the focus of the team. It's a testament to Coach Allen uh, and those uh, and that coaching staff over in Bloomington. Uh, but before I close out, a Amen. word from our friends over at um, Manscape.com. Uh, Manscaped, Manscape, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscape offers pre uh, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, Hoosier Huddle is supported by Manscaped. Uh, we get a great deal uh, from them. So you could get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Uh, so before signing off, it's it's been a, a wacky year. Uh, and keep coming back to hoosierhuddle.com for all the news. We'll have you updated on game cancellations, what it means for IU, injury news, and all that stuff. Um, Indiana kicks off against Wisconsin at 3.30. The game is on ABC. 
uh, on your check your local listings for that channel. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, uh, and keep coming back for uh, for our content. Anyway, thanks for joining TJ and I for um, for the podcast today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay warm, and hopefully, we are breaking down another Hoosier win on Monday evening. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.